Hello and welcome to Journey With Me, the podcast where the journey is greater than the destination. Of course, I am your host, Holly Harris, your journey girl, helping you to manage the middle. And so on today's episode, I wanted to focus on two things that February is unknown for. Uh, First is Black History Month. Um, I'm black, uh, so I definitely wanted to to celebrate uh, all of the accomplishments and the contributions of African-Americans in this society and not just our contributions, but those contributions amid extreme violence, hatred, racism, to be able to press through that and still be fruitful in many ways deserves to be celebrated in and of itself. You know, Journey With Me podcast is a lot like that. Uh, it's it's all about uh, being able to press through and be fruitful in every season of life, uh, especially when you're managing those difficult moments in your life. And so not only is February known for Black History Month, it's also considered Love Month because of Valentine's Day. Uh, and on, I believe it was last Sunday, my pastor was talking about what real love signifies and how um, to, in today's world, we have begun to associate love uh, with romance um, and not understanding what agape love. Now, romantic love is a, a form of love. However, you know, the real root of love is sacrifice. It's agape. And so I just begin to think about, you know, Black History Month, it being love month and what better way to to honor both Black History Month as well as love month than to honor my parents. Uh, They are my black history, Um, you know, my immediate black history because uh, they, you know, gave birth to me and because of their contributions, I am who I am. So I honor them as being, you know, my immediate black history. And then as well as the love that they displayed uh, between one another, um, I wanted to honor that today. So I wanted to tell you a story, a story about love, a story about resilience and a story about what their love taught me. So my parents, uh, they met in New York where they both lived for a number of years uh, and got married. And then later they moved to North Carolina uh, where I was born. When did y'all get married? Do you remember that date? Uh, what date we get married? Yeah. If you if you just know the year, do you know the year? It's on summertime, May. Okay. Sixty-nine, maybe. Sixty-nine? Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, y'all got married in New York, right? Yeah, uh-huh. On Photo Road up in the Bronx. Uh, my mom, she was very strong. Uh, you know, she worked all the time, you know, taking care of five children, a household. Um, at one point, she was even in school uh, and at the same time making straight A's. So we're talking about raising kids in school, working a job, very strong, wheeled, uh, very, her personality was very outgoing. Uh, she was outspoken. 
she just had one of those bubbly personalities where she didn't meet a stranger. Uh, she was an evangelist. And so she had that type of a personality. My dad, on the other hand, was very low key. Um, he was very uh, laid back to a certain extent um, in his personality, but he was still uh, outgoing. Uh, he was he was one of those type of people outgoing in a sense to where uh, people were kind of drawn to him as it relates to um, you know the type of person where someone would feel comfortable with telling him their life story. Uh, he was a pastor uh, as well as an auto mechanic so uh, he knew everybody in the community once we moved to North Carolina and he began to establish his business. He knew everybody you know you know fixing cars people were you know coming to the house um, you know to, is Joe here you know just asking you know, various things when it came to their cars and that sort of thing. Um, and then, of course, we had a small family church uh, where I, I think I told you guys on a few episodes uh, prior that we uh, all of me, me and my siblings made up the choir uh, in the church. And so it was a small family church. And so as a result of that, as well as my dad being a mechanic uh, and my mom just being an outgoing person and um, and all of the things, uh, you know, they knew a lot of people in the community and in our church they really you know helped out a lot of people were very selfless really gave of themselves I didn't really have a close relationship with my father growing up uh, and I remember growing up in a household where we didn't really show affection you know to one another uh, I love you was not something that bounced around a lot even though you knew you were loved because you were being taken care of you know you had a roof over your head you had food to eat uh that wasn't a word that was bounced around a lot and, and so that was kind of how the dynamic was uh in the household and so so fast forward uh to going away to uh, college, you know, I went to college, uh, you know, they saw me off, drove me up there and all of that good stuff. But then, of course, during, you know, fall breaks and summers, I would come home. So my mom had uh, diabetes and high blood pressure. And right before I believe I went to college, my mom had a mini stroke. Uh, and, there's, you know, it, but it was still to the point to where she was still able to function. She was still able to communicate with us, was still able to walk. And so um, I think she walked with a limp, though. But, you know, you know, her faculties were still there. But I would come home during the summertime. I would spend time with my family. I would help her out, you know, and we would spend time together because my dad, he would be, you know, at work uh, during the day. And, you know, she was on disability. And so, you know, me being a young child in college or whatever, um, I came home to see my family. I can't remember if it was summer or if it was fall break. I want to say it was the summertime. I believe it was the summertime and I had come home and my mom had a doctor's appointment. Um, and my father couldn't take her, of course. And so I was uh, tasked with taking her to her doctor's appointment. Um, we're in the doctor's office and they come into the office and they say, you're, you know, you they tell my mom that her blood pressure is extremely high and she needed to go to the emergency room. But anyway, so we get into, in the car for me to take her. And so in the midst of doing that, I never forget, I looked over to my mom and one of her, one side of her face just fell 
it just fell and she began to drool and I remember I didn't know what was going on and so I was like you know mom you okay you okay uh, you, you know you okay and so she started looking disoriented and I knew something was wrong then I was like oh my god you're okay so at this point we're I'm making a left into the hospital we're right there and so you know we get into the parking lot and um you know I, and I get out of the car and then I come around I was like you, you're gonna get out of the car you know because at this time I still don't know fully what is going on at this point I'm like you're gonna get out of the car and so I open the door for her to get out and she um motioned to get out of the car and fail because that side of her body was paralyzed and you know and fell onto the ground and so it was so uh scary I was so at that moment I knew like okay this is something is going on you know at the time I didn't know that she was having a major major stroke and I'm like, oh my God, you know, mom, you know, I'm trying to pick her up. Now, mind you, my mom, you know, she wasn't a little woman, <laughs> you know, she was tall, she was, you know, heavy set, you know, and so I'm, you know, trying to put, get her up, you know, we're talking dead weight here and could not get her to move. And at this time she's not responsive and she can't say anything. And so uh, I never forget this old frail, uh, older lady. She had to be a grandmother. She comes over and she's trying to help me pick my mom up and I'm like oh my god this is not working neither one of us are doing anything so at this point I run as the older uh, white lady she was on the ground with my mom I run to the emergency room and say hey my mom needs help and so they bring the gurneys outside and they put her on the stretcher to take her into the hospital so they you know uh, take my mom in and of course they begin to hook her up to all of the monitors and all of the things and she could not communicate at all um you know we're talking about a woman who you know was you know outgoing bubbly you know you knew who she was when she walked into a room she made her presence known and so to go from that to her not being able to communicate at all it was it was like oh my god you know what what is really going on here so like I said I had to call my family and let them know what had happened and so everyone you know comes to the hospital you know we're all there in the uh, ICU you know just and still uh, trying to figure out what's going on and of course you know they come into the room to let us know what's happening and what they're going to do uh, as it relates to her care and that they're going to be moving her you know over shortly because at this point we were still in the emergency room part of things so they move us to intensive care and you know my mom you know fights for her life and um you know it was a very trying time for our family we're talking about the woman who was the glue that held the family together and so, you know, she, you know, is there recovering and in the process, you know, uh, they found um, some brain bleeds and there were some brain surgeries that had to happen. And so she spent, you know, a lot of time in the ICU. And so, you know, upon her recovery, you know, she came home, but she was in a wheelchair, uh, you know, couldn't walk at all. One side of her body completely uh you know, not her not able to use at all and uh, unable to communicate with us. And um, I can imagine how difficult it was for her um, because she was someone who was so self-sufficient and so self-reliant and independent 
to go from that to having to be dependent upon us. And so over the next 12 years, I began to see my mother and father's relationship shift. Like I saw him take care of her, bathe her, feed her, give her her medicine for 12 years, consistently, tirelessly give of himself uh, to her. It really allowed me to see what love really looks like, what agape love really looks like. He loved her like I've never seen before. And I, even though it was a difficult situation for us and for our family, it was an absolute privilege to see him love her the way that he did. To countless doctor's appointments, my mom in and out of rehab facilities, because we're talking about even after, um, you know, going through that major stroke experience, so much happened after that point. Like it, it actually began to deteriorate, to deteriorate. It actually began to break her body down uh, as a result of it. And so, you know, there were constant doctor's appointments. There were rehab facility stints. There were, you know, different medications here and there. And, you know, uh, once they put you on one medication, they put you on another one to combat the effects of another. And so there were uh, times where those medications begin to cause problems in her kidneys and so as a result of all of that the diabetes the high blood pressure um my mother passed on march 7 2009 after 12 years of battling um the effects of that major stroke and i never forget my dad telling me the story of the night that she passed away he was so tired just from you know because he was still working you know he was taking care of her giving her her medicine giving her a bath giving her food to eat whatever she needed he was there for her he told me the night that she passed away he was so tired uh and my dad he used to eat late at night um because that was the only time he would be able to get a meal in he would work all day come home take care of her uh and then he would cook himself something so many times he didn't eat until 10 sometimes 11 o'clock and on this particular night he had fixed himself some spaghetti and went into the living room it was close to 11 and was eating and he was so tired that he fell asleep with the plate in his hand and dropped it and that was the only thing that woke him up to go into the room and when he went back into the room to check on my mom, she was in the process of taking her last breaths. And so, of course, you know, he calls the ambulance and they try to save her and she passes away. And I never forget, you know, getting the call. Uh, first of all, um, my dad was there. My sister, Joy, she was still living there. And... Um, they were so frantic and so kind of out of their minds that they forgot my phone number. Like literally my dad could not even find it in his phone. You know, he had written it down. Like this was back, uh, I think before my dad had a smartphone to be qu quite honest, I think he still had a flip phone. <laughs> and so he didn't know how to get in touch with me. He had written it down somewhere and, and couldn't locate it. And so uh, they literally had to call Verizon to uh, have Verizon call me 
to tell me to call home. And so this was actually the next day. I didn't find out that my mom passed until the day after. And I never forget the night that she passed. I felt something come over me. I was at a friend's house. We were playing spades, having fun, having a good time. And I felt something like just kind of drop on my head. I don't know how to explain it. And I remember telling them, I said, some either something good is about to happen to me or something major has just happened because I literally felt I don't even know if they remember uh, me telling them this but I remember telling them that but I remember telling them that and then the next day I had gone to the movies um, I never forget I think it was a Tyler Perry movie a Tyler Perry movie and I was driving home and that's when Verizon called me and said it's an emergency you need to call home and I called home and my dad told me and I had to pull off on the side of the road and just you know of course I was bawling and all of that kind of stuff uh, but in the midst of it all God was so gracious because he allowed us to have more time with her you know because that major stroke could have been it because she went through so much in the ICU and even after that like I said she had two brain surgeries to relieve pressure off the brain and all of that kind of stuff because so we could have lost her a lot sooner but God was so gracious that he allowed her to live for 12 additional years even after suffering uh, that major stroke in and in the midst of it all, he calls it all to work together for our good, you know, because in the midst of her going through all of that, I was able to see how God changed my father's heart to us telling each other we loved each other, to us hugging, to all of the major things that began to happen as the shift in his heart happened and as he just loved my mother and literally allowed himself to be a vessel to uh, love her the way God loved her and so it was so precious and so amazing to see that happen to see the shift that happened in my family, to see the shift that happened in my father, to see how we all now have a relationship with him today. And my dad is my heart, you know, like it's one of those things to where, you know, when his time does come, I'm gonna need y'all to check on me because he is my heart and I'm just grateful that he is still here. Uh, but I'm grateful for the contribution uh, that they have made to me, my, mo my mother and my father, and how the love that they display changed the way I view love forever. So thank you, mom. Thank you, dad, for being the ultimate example of what, lo what true love really looks like. Yeah, cause y'all, how how long how uh, long had y'all been married when um uh, she passed away? Do you remember? Plus forty years. About forty years. Why? Yeah, cause that's you said if you got married in sixty nine, and then she passed, and it was March seventh of oh nine, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're right. Okay. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's about forty years. Yeah. Wow. So with that being said, that's the story I wanted to share with you guys today. And hopefully you know a little bit. You should know a little bit more about me from uh, the story. And um, I hope it was a blessing to you and, you know, gave you uh, encouragement, you know, that that type of love does exist, especially if you're single and you <laughs> are still waiting um, just to know that 
that type of love does exist and that it first exists through our heavenly father. And, you know, it's a bonus if someone on earth displays that type of love towards us. So thank you for listening to the episode today, guys, go like, share, and subscribe. If you have not had a chance to rate me, do so on Apple Podcasts because it moves me up in the ranking uh, so that I'm visible to other listeners such as yourselves. And uh, so yeah, next week I am going to do an encore episode of, of the Keys to Contentment the keys to contentment. It's an episode that I did on, um, YouTube, uh, which, um, a lot of people that follow the podcast may not follow me on YouTube. So I'm just going to share it on, uh, the platform here. So, um, it was a blessing to those who had a chance to listen on YouTube. So I want to share it with my podcast audience. So that'll be on next week and, uh, more to come. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Uh, have an amazing rest of your day and until next time.